It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. Ah, the fun that uh, we have (laughs) even before the show even starts. What what did I miss? (laughs) Ah, just me telling you, don't. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Scolding you because you were going to clap too soon. Anyway, we're here. It's a Friday. Hopefully it's a warmer Friday than it has been all week. As I'm going to continue to complain about the weather because it has been an awful, awful spring. But guess what? On June the 25th, it's going to be bright, <laughs> sunshiny, and warm. It's going to be a beautiful morning and into the afternoon. That's what 30 years in the biz gets you that transition. And we're going to get the golf outing in. And you just go to GetStuckOnSports.com, go to the tab, golf outing, and uh, get your team signed up. Uh, and we'll be rocking and rolling for a great event. It helps support us, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we at the end of the year, at the end of the school year, this time instead of kind of like the kickoff to this past year, it's almost going to be more of like a celebration of the end of our second year. GetStuckOnSports.com, which we're in the midst of a great baseball and softball season. We had some really fun games. You had an absolute banger of a doubleheader down in Algonac. Um, I'm happy to say it lived up to the hype. Yes. You had both games come down to the final at-bats. And the wind was blowing in, so that probably kept the scores a little lower than I was thinking. Yeah, it was a bad. I want to see that game played sunny in 75. (laughs) But I saw Port here on Northern kind of flex their muscle a little bit, try to claw back in to the Mac Blue race. And, yeah, and we had an upset yesterday that throws a wrench into the BWAC standings in softball. So... Never saw that coming. We have a not, lot to talk about. Not in a gajillion uh, years. Uh, and that's one more note before we, we get going. Uh, in, in year one, we did 241 games. Uh, and uh, tonight we will be doing games number 241 and 242. It was still two months to go. Eh, about a, month, a little over a month. Yeah, we're getting somebody to Lansing. So we're going to be going until June Do you think we can get to 300? Um, yes. I actually, actually, I was a little disappointed um, about uh, this next week because it doesn't seem to be as active. There's got to be some makeup games that we can get in there, though, um, because... So we don't um, have three doubleheaders in yeah, a week? Yeah, but uh, we will, uh, in the next two weeks, we will get to 500 games all time here on Get Stuck on Sports. And again, we're not even done with year two yet. So, yeah, There's two of us. We're keeping us busy. Yeah. Well, we've um, had some guests come through. Paul Costanzo did a game. Oh, Matt he, Shook did yeah, a Yeah, they game. each did a game. They're I don't even. To the I total. don't even count them. They've contributed to the total. Shook did a 7 nothing game football in football. Game. <laughs> in football. You, I saw a higher-scoring softball game last night. Anyway, <laughs> the intro's gone too long. So, what? Well, we got some. What are we starting with, baseball or softball? Baseball first when we come back. All right. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, <laughs> slip, <laughs> squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Oh. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magna International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. 
The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Count still two and two. Johnson can still go with just about whatever he wants. Into the motion, the 2-2 to Hansel. Breaking ball, frozen strike three called. Hansel saying it's inside. His complaints will fall on deaf ears as Owen Johnson strikes out the side in order. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. From the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports Studios. Just thought I'd throw that in there, too. It's Dennis and Brady on a Friday, and uh, Brady, uh, you've uh, been doing the, uh, or trying to do the PH Northern uh, series uh, this week. Um, it got hampered by weather early in the week. They played a doubleheader for you later in the uh, week, and those are the games you saw. Yeah, Wednesday they played two, and someone was playing a sick joke. The northern, the pat- patented northern wind was coming in at full bear, and the booth we sit in at northern, it was like it was blowing directly to my face. As if my face was the waypoint for the wind, it was blowing directly in, and it was way too cold for a May day. Anyway, after so I So you know what you do to counter, countermine that? You take your pod, you set up behind the backstop, they've got a plug right there. Nah, I'm good. I like being, <laughs> I like having the table up there, I like the view. Anyway, so Portier and I and Portier and Northern played, and game one was very competitive. Uh, Owen Johnson was on the mound, as you heard, for um, Portnoy Northern. He was facing Clayton Thompson. Both started with three scoreless innings. And then in the top of the fourth, Portnoy High was being no hit through three and two-thirds inning. And with two outs, Clayton Thompson gets a single. Then Braden Albers ropes a single. Eric Whiting. RBI single. It's one nothing PH, a two-out rally. And then Colton Barnett hits one down the third baseline, just inside the bag, rolls down, double scores another run, and it's 2 nothing PH in the fourth. And you're going, all right, they got themselves a chance, but Northern woke up their bats and didn't waste any time after Derek Ruiz was hit by a pitch. Ryan Falastro singled a few other... Runners moved across, a, a sack fly scored a run, and I believe a runner scored on a passed ball to make it 2-2 immediately after Portier on High took the 2-0 lead. It would stay 2-0 until the bottom of the sixth. This was a pitching duel. Clayton Thompson wasn't throwing hard, but he was throwing well. He was hitting his spots, and Northern couldn't time him up in the sixth. 
Palestro led off with a single. Ty Fletcher hit a single. Colin Presner got on with an error, and that was a backbreaker with the bases loaded. Uh, Owen Johnson walked in the go-ahead run to give himself his second RBI of the day. Um, another run scored after that on, I believe, another pass ball. So it was 4-2, and PH couldn't do anything in the top half of the seventh. And they win game one, 4-2, and you're going, all right. PH showed some life. They only had, I believe, two errors in that game, and they had struggled with errors throughout the season. So two errors, and... Clayton Thompson pitched well. They had the one spurt of hits in the fourth where they roped off four in a row. They'd only get one other hit besides that streak in the game. But they're facing a good pitcher in Owen Johnson. They gave themselves a chance. Thinking game two, all right, PH can be competitive. Because, Dennis, if you remember, this is a series that Port Huron stole last year and could have swept Northern a year ago. Yeah, they, they had the opportunity to take all three games, and uh, I remember that at the time we were kind of anticipating because Northern had kind of like gotten into a groove by that point. Yeah, they were showed what they can be, and PH was really struggling, and the Big Reds turned it on last year and took two of three, and you saw one game where Northern, I think, had, what, one hit and one? Yeah, that, that was the game in the series. It was at PH. They only got one hit in the entire game, and somehow – they pulled out the win. Um, and I remember talking to Coach Moncrief afterwards, and he's just like, they got one. It was almost like the scene in Major League where he's, oh, they only got one hit. <laughs> and I'm like, they only got one hit. And he just shook his head and said, that's that's our year. Yep. Like, cra- if something crazy can happen, that that's what's been happening. Well, game two started off really nicely. For the Big Reds. They score in the top of the first after Cade Hansel gets a leadoff walk. They're facing Colin Presno for Northern. Eric Whiting starts on the mound for PH. Uh, he steals a base. Amari Holler gets hit by a pitch. And a pass or a first and third steal, I believe, scored Hansel from third. And it's one nothing. And the Big Reds didn't get a hit. And they're leading. But just like in the last game, PH goes up. Northern immediately answers Jacob Kerrigan leadoff hit for Northern. Derek Ruiz with an RBI single, and Ruiz had himself a heck of a day in game two. Starts it off in the first inning, ties it. Then it stays calm, much like game one. In the third bottom of the third, it's still 1-1 when uh, an error keeps the inning alive. Derek, or Alex Armstrong gets on via an error. Ruiz... Drives him in after after a um, pass ball moved him up. So Derek Ruiz, two for two, two RBIs before Falastro ended the inning on a double play. That wasn't his fault. Ruiz thought there were two outs. There was only one. Got thrown back at second. And then the next inning, another error. Scores another run for Port here on Northern. So it's three to one. And Eric Whiting's not pitching poorly. He's throwing outs defense letting him down a bit but it's still it's 3-1 PH grabs a run in the top of the of the fifth and it's 3-2 Gavin DeLong let off with a single they they manufacture a run for him and okay it's a competitive ball game we're in the fifth inning and then the wheels fell off for a port here on high here was Northern's bottom of the fifth 
Reach on an error. Reach on an error. Two RBI single from Derek Ruiz. So now it's three for three with four RBIs. Philastro has a single. Fletcher sacrifices the runners over. Uh, O'Connor reaches on an error. Owen Johnson, RBI single. Bloink, sack fly RBI. Sheffer, two-run double driven in. And then finally a fly out ends the inning. So from it going from three to two to nine to two, like that because of a couple errors and the inning got away from PH. Northern would put on the finishing touches, scoring three in the bottom of the sixth. Derek Ruiz got his fourth hit of the game. He had four RBIs. Owen Johnson got his second hit of the game. He drove in three as well. And yeah, Northern Mercy's PH 12 to two in six innings. And in one game, you, you see the the peaks and valleys of Port Huron High Baseball, that when they're throwing strikes and they're making plays, they, they stay in games. And they're doing so against the talented pitcher and Owen Johnson and Colin Presner threw really well for the Huskies. So you see the potential there. But when they started kicking it around, boy, did the wheels fall off quickly for them. Yeah, sometimes, uh, the, what do they say, the game speeds up for you and their young players have to learn how to slow it back down it, and make it, it the looked, next play. Not it, let the play before bother you on the next play. It looked contagious. It was it was everyone was taking their turns. Meanwhile, on the other side of things, with the sweep of PH, Northern moves to uh four and three in league play. Now there's still three games back. However, Lakeview dropped a double both games of a doubleheader to Frazier. So they're down to seven and two. The Huskies, I believe, they still have to play Lakeview, correct? Yeah. So they have an opportunity. They don't technically control their own destiny, um, but they have everything in front of them to go and grab to try to make amends for it. I believe they have Marysville next week to set up possibly a huge series to conclude MAC play at the end of the year. But Northern, we're hoping they start to get in this groove. They're 4-3, and three, as I mentioned, in league play, 5-8 and eight overall. If they, they play Port here on high tonight, you can't look past this game. If they can get the sweep, it keeps them, I don't want to say in contention, but with a puncher's chance to get up and maybe make this league race interesting. Yeah. Speaking of Marysville, um, they had a, a tight one with Lance Cruz, but lost on a Wednesday 5-4, despite getting uh, two hits and a home run from Owen Veggie. Uh, Jake uh, Patterson and Zach Winston also had RBI uh, hits in that one for the uh, the Vikings. Poor Marysville. They, they just, when they get the hits, they don't get as great of pitching, and when they get the pitching, they can't get the hits. They just haven't put a complete game together, and it's been that well. Last year, they were winning games three to two or two to one. Now they're, I mean, how many one or two run games have they lost this year? Yeah, they've they've had actually had quite a, a few. That that's the thing about them is they've struggled, Brady, but nobody's like running them off the field outside the first game against Romeo yeah and I think a doubleheader on a Saturday against Anchor Bay which again Romeo and Anchor Bay I think that's a Mac red and a Mac white school yeah in league they haven't you're right you haven't looked at a score and went ooh, ooh that doesn't no they're competitive in every game it's it's got to be frustrating because in league they're they they drop to one and seven they are 
half a dozen hits away from having a winning record in league. Yeah, they uh, they need more of me. That's what they need because ten nothing win over Marine City when I go and watch them. Uh, technically, you did half of the loss at Comerica. Yeah, so but you started that game, and so that put the, that put the hex on it with with Marysville. Put the hex uh, on it because you anyway. were there. Uh, Richmond beats Croslex four to two as we move into the uh, BWAC on uh, that's a, Wednesday. That's a, I don't want to say a moral victory because there aren't moral victories, but after what happened to Croslex on Monday when they first played, to stay competitive, to have a chance at Richmond's place, which apparently Richmond plays better on the road than they do at home, at least in BWAC play. Because they go to Armada and they take care of Armada, then they lose to Armada at home. I believe they lost to North Branch at home as well. They go to Croslex, take care of business at home, 4-2 to two now. Granted, I'm assuming Croslex played a lot better, didn't make as many errors as they did in Game 1, but it's it's... Richmond seems like that's what they'll do. They'll win one game in three or four innings, and then next game you're going to have to bite your nails going through. But they, like we said, they've gone through the gauntlet, and coming up the road's getting less bumpy for them. Uh, and uh, and had I had a dollar for every time this happens. So we Armada beat North Branch to begin the week, and – you know, we were really impressed with Armada. And then in game two, North Branch bounces back on Wednesday and wins 7-2. <laughs> kind that's, of a, an easy win for them. That's a big win for North Branch, but a tough loss for Armada because now you need help if you want an outright title. You no longer control your own destiny. You dropped a 6-2. and two. Richmond is 6-2. and two. North Branch, 5-3. and three. And... Yale four and three. They play MLA City tonight on Friday, so and I believe Algonac six and two as well. So it's it's a tight race, and you had that cushion, and you've already used it up, and yeah, that's that's a tough pill and, to swallow. And, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, don't Algonac and Armada still have to play their that's series? The final series of the year. Yeah. So if you're Richmond, you're looking at that going, let's split. get let's get a split there, and if we win out. We're the outright champs, and uh, as we said, second half through here, they're playing the easier part of the BWAC schedule. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But that's a nice win for North Branch to bounce back. I believe the road team held serve in that series. I think Armada shut out North Branch in North Branch, and then North Branch comes to Armada and gets revenge. So, And then Algonac finishes the sweep over Elmont 8-3. to Algonac is... They're one of the hotter teams in the area. Yeah, they they play good baseball. I, I was impressed by them. Elmont is struggling though. Like they're they're struggling to put it together. They're not hitting well. the The pitching isn't throwing strikes. I think they walked eleven in the first game of that uh, series that Algonac mercyed them in. Uh, but I'll t- I'll tell you what, Algonac's got a couple of arms that can throw. The Kasners are legit, um, and they're I don't guess we call them the secondary pitchers are solid, too, and there's some hitters in their lineup, too. They right. hit the ball hard. Well, speaking of pitchers, one real quick, I want to go back to North Branch. I want to give a little love to Brady Mitchell. In the game, goes six innings, gives up three hits, only one earned run, walked four, and K-9 are made of Tigers. Um, North Branch has some pitching, and it's it seems like it's either hit or miss. When it's off, it's really off, but when it's on, it's hard for any team to score runs, and 
some usual names and Antonio Soto with an RBI hit. Brant Primu had an RBI hit. He walked as well. And Ray Straczynski had a hit, a walk, an RBI. Eric Rogers for Armada, two hits and a walk. In the Algonac win over Almont, you mentioned half these names already. Jake Kasner, two hits. Jack Cody, two hits, two RBIs, a run scored. Owen Jacobs, two hits, a double, walk, run scored. Andrew Thomason, two hits, run scored. Roman Gairaga, two hits, two RBIs, two runs scored. And Jake Kasner on the bump went all seven, five hits. All three runs he gave up were earned. He walked three but fanned five. That's a winnable line, and Algonac's taking care of business now. Yeah, uh, and then uh, for, for Elmont, uh, Cody Koval had a couple of hits, drove in a couple of runs, and uh, Brandon Hunsecker had a hit and an RBI. But I think Algonac playing some really good baseball uh, right now. People are starting to take notice. We'll talk about that in the third segment, but it's not just us noticing Algonac's playing really well. Do you want to just go to... Yesterday's baseball. Yeah, we'll, we'll make segment we'll, we'll, one we'll baseball. Just, we'll just do the whole Perfect. segment here and get all the baseball, and then we'll do all the softball in the next segment. Because speaking of playing good baseball, St. Clair yesterday. Yep that for, that game on Monday is what we kind of thought it might be an aberration. Um, they ran into a hot pitcher because they sweep Chippewa Valley game one. They win three nothing. Carter Hurlbert, a name we didn't talk about before the season, has become a staple of the Saints rotation, six innings pitched, gave up four hits, no earned runs, two walks, four Ks, had a hit and a run at the plate. Brendan Cole, a hit, a one inning pitch, gave up one hit, K2, gets the save at the plate. A hit, an RBI, a walk, a stolen base, a run scored. Eli Lohr, a double, two more RBIs. He leads the Saints in RBIs, and Jared Cramp, one player I know you like for the Saints. Yeah. Two more hits and another stolen base. That's just, just seems, game one. Seems like he's always in there contributing something. You know, the other guys have gaudier numbers, and that's why you don't notice them. But every game, he's in there. St. Clair won game two, eight to two, over Chippewa Valley. Cam Bleasdale this time on the mound. He goes six, gives up one hit, one run, walked one K3, got a hit and three RBIs at the plate. So he did enough by himself to get the win. Eli Lore had a hit and two more RBIs. Logan Ellis didn't have a hit but walked three times, drove in a run, and scored once himself. This is a big sweep for the Saints because, again, they lost the opening game of the series earlier in the week. Kind of surprised us, too. The, the 7-3 Chippewa Valley beat them. And Chippewa Valley was giving them a hard time in game one because the Saints scored their runs late in that game. But once they got it going, they, they started playing Saint ball. Um, Coach Black has got them doing the right things. You know, he's so meticulous about the little things. And it's all game long. He pounds oh, it into yeah, his you players. Sit next to the dugout, you'll hear it. Yeah, about he, as something as simple as backing up a throw, being ready for anything. Because as he'll tell you, the little things become the big things. Uh, Marine City, they're starting to get into a groove. They sweep Warrenwood's Tower in a doubleheader. These are two big wins for the the Mariners because they had kind of hit that stretch too where it was kind of up and down, up and down, play a good game, play a bad game. Um, and so they get it to, together, and these are two big wins. Yes, they are. Eight or six to four in game one, and we're going to say a lot of the same names in game one as we will game two. And apparently 
catching's an issue at Warrenwoods Tower because <laughs> you think Marine City was swiping every base they could. Wyatt Walker in game one, two hits and RBI. Charles Tiger, a hit, RBI walk, stole two bags, scored twice. Nolan Distelrath, a hit, an RBI, a walk, a stolen base. Parker Atkinson coming back off an injury. He's making up for lost times. Two hits, two stolen bases, a run scored. Jeff Heslop with a walk, two stolen bases, and a run scored himself. Game two, Marine City had to score three runs in the top of the seventh. They were down five to four going into the seventh. They scored three in the seventh to get the seven to six win. Wyatt Walker, three hits, an RBI, two runs, three stolen bases. He also pitched all seven innings. Zach Tetler, two hits, an RBI, a walk. Charles Tiger, two hits, a double, two stolen bases. Nolan Distelrath, a hit, two RBIs, a walk, a stolen base. Parker Atkinson, again, two doubles, an RBI, a stolen base. So everyone at Marine City swiping bags. And Parker Atkinson, a name that we were hoping would be a big part of the Mariner lineup, was out for the first month of the season, comes back and immediately puts his mark on that lineup. Yeah, that's a nice lift. Uh, and I'm uh, let's let's tip our uh, cap to uh, to Darren Letson. Wyatt Walker's line wasn't really good in that second game uh, on no. the mound. But when they took the lead in the, the top of the seventh, it would have been really easy to put somebody else out there to try to finish. He let his bulldog go out there, and he pitched the best inning of the game in the bottom of the seventh and got him a win. Yeah, got him the win. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> um, so that's two big wins in the MAC Gold. Marine City right now sitting well, technically tied for first because Lanfear's 4-0 and Marine City's 5-1, and and the wonky way that standings work, technically they're tied. Yes. But Lanfear... In first place, because for all intents and purposes, and Marine City, when they have the series with them, that's going to be a big one. Because Lampfear ten and five on the year, and they've kind of been rolling the Matt Gold. Wow, Brady said nice stuff about Lampfear. I say nice things about Lampfear baseball. You hate the Rams. Talk, you hate t- them. Talk You're to bitter me in, against t- them. Talk to me in the fall, and we might have a different tone. They've been <laughs> good the last couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Um, Richmond <laughs> beat Cardinal Mooney in a really fun non-conference game. 5-2 to two for Richmond. Ben Hitzelberger, two hits, a double, an RBI, a run scored. Trey Taylor, a hit, an RBI, a run scored, a stolen base. Jackson Jones added two hits and an RBI. Bryce Wesley had a double and a run scored for the Blue Devils. For Cardinal Mooney, Tom Rice, a hit, an RBI. Ty Bodecker, a hit, an RBI. And Anthony Gerling had a double the Cardinals were held pretty much in check at the plate. It was a combined effort on the mound for Richmond between Bryce Wesley, who threw three, Ryan Nettles threw three, and then Davenport came in to slam the door in the seventh. Um, and uh, again, th- this one, if I read a tweet right last night, uh, Richmond came up with three late in the game. Uh, this let was me double a, a check close that. game yeah, till the, the sixth. end. In the bottom of the sixth, it was 2-2, and they scored three to take the lead. So that's a, ni- that's a nice win for Richmond. I mean, that's one of the best in D2 against one of the best in D4. Uh, and Yeah, you get, you, get, you get a big win. You feel good about yourself. Richmond is starting to really roll, and I don't want to play 
Richmond, and I don't want to play St. Clair. And in maybe three weeks' time, the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. There you go. Uh, Elmont needed a win after getting swept by Algonac. I know it's a non-league game, but they beat Clarkston Everest yesterday. 6-3, to three. Brandon Hunsecker with two hits, two RBIs, and a run. And Cody Koval added a hit, drove in two and scored a run. Uh, and after Sandusky had uh, beaten Marlette in a couple of games, Marlette bounced back yesterday with uh, two wins over uh, Lakeville, uh, 6-3 in the opener, 16-2 in the uh, second game. Uh, in the opener, it was Ethan Marshall with two hits, a double, RBI, and a run. Devin uh, Turlin had a hit and drove in two, and uh, they had the, the cha-cha line going in game two. Uh, let's see, Travis Fuller, a hit, two RBIs, a run. Ethan Marshall, two hits, three RBIs, two runs. Grant Roberson had two hits, drove in a run, walked once, uh, scored two Twice stole three bases. Uh, Aaron uh, Bauer had a hit, drove in two. Wesley Chapin had two hits, a double, three runs scored. And Tristan Creighton had two hits, drove in two, scored twice. Brandon Anderson had uh, a hit, two RBIs, and a uh, run. So the uh, Raiders with a nice double header sweep to round out our baseball scores. Any other thoughts here on baseball? No. Um, some really nice wins. The BWAC continues to be just one of the best races all year long in any sport we've had. Because realistically, you look at it, there's five teams in contention with essentially three series to go. You don't get that in every sport. No, no. In fact, it's pretty rare. Generally, you have one or two teams at the top and you wait for them to meet each other and that kind of decides things. But never in the BWAC. It's no. always BWAC. Yes, it is the BWACy, and well, that's a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad to see St. Clair bounce back with the doubleheader sweep over Chip Valley because that impacts them in the MAC White. If you're curious, uh, St. Clair is in technically in first place. They're seven and two. Gross Point North has is hasn't played a game, so they're a half game behind at six and two and I believe they meet next week. Anchor Bay's in third, two games back. So St. Clair still has the toughest part of their schedule to come. So any distance they can get between them and Gross Point North will be welcomed as yeah, they have Gross Point North and Anchor Bay to finish out league play. And they're gonna have to go maybe five and one to win the league, four and two with a little luck. Depending yeah. on how you spread out that four and two. And and depending on what uh, anchor, I think Anchor Bay and Gross Point North have to play each other too. I uh, no, they played this nope, week. They that play, was this okay, week. they played this week. Okay, so they have a game still postponed. So if that that can factor into it as well. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break and then we'll uh, talk about uh, softball because uh, I saw a fun doubleheader uh, the other day, and we'll talk about that when we come back. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. 
Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
Magna International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water Area High School Athletics. McLean, a long look at the wristband. Steps back on. Pitch to Reams. Swing. There's a drive out towards right. It is caught for the out. Tagging and trying to score Stevenson. Throw to the plate is wide. And Stevenson will score. And Algonac will walk it off on a sacrifice fly by J.C. Reams to win it here in the bottom of the seventh as they score twice to come from behind. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Wind always blows out at Algonac on the softball field. For the first time in history, it was blowing in <laughs> at Mach 70 on Wednesday. It was a windy day on Wednesday. And, and the uh, Elmont coaching staff smiled and said, this helps us. <laughs> Because they knew, they knew that the Muskrats in their first uh, 14 games of the season had hit 24 home runs, <laughs> and they knew the lineup they were were facing. And uh, it was, uh, you know, we hype, we hype, we hype, and then a lot of times we don't get what we want. We hype this one. We you wanted this wanted. one, and this was a good two games of softball, two really good teams, uh, and a lot of things were going on in this one. Algonac in game one got off to a, a quick uh, start. Um, Bomarito gets hit by a pitch to start the game. Bree Thomason lashes one down the right field line for a triple uh, to score a run. Ella Stevenson hits a fly ball that if it's a normal day at Algonac, lands 60 feet over the fence for a two-run homer, but on a day where the wind was blowing in, it gets caught shy of the warning track, but it's a sacrifice fly. Quick 2 nothing lead for the Lady Muskrats. They score a run in the second inning without the aid of a hit. A walk, an error, and then a fielder's choice play scores a run, and they're up 3 to nothing. But you knew Elmont wasn't going to be held in check. Good as Kenna Bomarito is, the Elmont bats started cooking. They got a single. Fielder's choice, he raised the runner. Then two walks loaded the bases. A line drive off the bat of Devin Johnston that would have killed J.C. Reams at third base if she didn't get her glove up and catch it. And then Reams tried to race back to the bag and get the double play. And it was a bang, bang play. The call was safe. But had the umpire run her up, I don't think anybody would have said a word. It was that close. It was that close. And you know what happens when you don't get the double play to get out of the inning. Bang, the next hitter, Ellie Chapman, rakes a single up the middle to drive in two runs and make it a 3-2 to two ball game. It's like the saying, nothing good happens after a dropped interception. <laughs> uh, Algonac, though, came right back. They strung together three hits. Ella Stevenson singled in a run to make it 4-2. to two. Then it looked like Algonac was going to pull away. They scored two in the bottom of the fifth to take a 6-2 lead. Bomarito hit a home run opposite field, right center field, against the wind. It cleared. It was a wall scraper. Again, on a normal day, that ball rolls out into the St. Clair River. 
Uh, it was absolutely crushed. One of the hardest hit balls I've seen all season. And uh, and she really muscled it out of there. And then they get back-to-back doubles. Stevenson, again, a ball that on a winless day, it's her second home run of the day. Uh, and then Vossler hit one that, again, on a winless day, that ball's out of the ballpark, too. They have to settle for doubles. So it's 6-2 Algonac going into the sixth. And Elmont really hasn't figured out Bomarito very much. They've only had three hits through their first five at-bats, and this is a lineup that line drives the ball all over the place. Well, here comes the top of the sixth. Chapman singles. Uh, Tyson singles. Roshevsky singles. Lacavera singles, and a run scores. So Almont's starting to do Almont things. Yep. Uh, Kylie Tennant comes up. She's already had a single and a walk, the freshman, who the weekend before had uh, some good games in a tournament, worked her way into the lineup, wasn't playing earlier in the season, rakes a double to drive in uh, two runs. Uh, Brooklyn Bunch hits into a fielder's choice. Then they sacrifice the runners over. Then Grace Koenig doubles to drive in another run. By the by, the time the smoke clears, five runs are in, and Elmont's winning 7-6 to six out of nowhere. And we're like, well, we know that Elmont can do that. So we head to the bottom of the seventh. 7-6 seven to six is your score. Kenneba Marito has already been on three times with a hit-by-pitch, a single, and a, that home mammoth home run that made it out by an inch. <laughs> she leads off with a sharp single to center. Tori Boyd comes in, promptly steals second base. They get Bree Thomason on a weak pop-up, but Ella Stevenson rips one down the left field line for a game-tying double, and now it's 7-7, and Vossler, they're not going to let her hit. They walk her. Um, then a wild pitch moved runners to second and third, so first base is open. They're not going to let Maria Simpson beat you, so they walk well, her. You want to put the force at home. Yeah, and uh, that brings up the freshman, J.C. Reams, and you heard the uh, clip before we started the segment. She had a fly ball out to right that, again, on a normal day, probably gets over Lauren Webster's head, but the wind knocks it down. Webster makes a, a good catch towards the line, but that was the issue. She's running towards foul territory knowing that Stevenson is fast and you got to get it in as fast as you can. And she just kind of threw it off balance and uh, wide of home plate. Uh, and Algonac scores two in the bottom of the seventh to take game one, eight to uh, seven. Uh, Bomarito, three hits, home run, RBI, scored a run. Tori Boyd running for her, scored three times and stole two bases. Triple run RBI for Bree Thomason. Stevenson had three hits, two of them doubles, scored two runs, drove in three, stole the base, probably drives a semi on weekends. Uh, Sierra Vossler, two hits, a double, a walk, an RBI, a stolen base, and Reams had a walk. Uh, the run, the sacrifice fly to drive in the game-winning run. Uh, Grace Koenig doubled and walked. Devin Johnston doubled and stole the base and was robbed of another hit. Ellie Chapman Two hits, two RBIs. Lacavera had a hit in an RBI. Uh, and remember the name, Kylie Tennant. Single, double, walk, two RBIs in game one. Now we get to game two. Uh, and they do that flippy floppy thing where Algonac bats first. Which drives you insane. And it, I don't, it, like, it like, does, like, but why, like, it is what it, it is. It's happened for two years. And in league play, it makes sense. Like, why does it still bother you it after just, two years? It just does. It always has. It always will. It's just one of those things. You know how I get. Scoreless through three here. All right. Um, and Elmont starts the freshman, Abby Gemmel. 
And she's got to kind of wiggle and wag in the first inning. Bomarito doubles. Uh, after a strikeout, Stevenson singles and steals second. So it's second and third with only one out. But she struck out Vossler, and she got Simpson on a weak ground ball to third to get out of that uh, jam. Um, and she kind of wiggled out of it. Finally in the fourth, Stevenson doubled, moved to third on a, a fly ball to right. But a big strikeout of Simpson, and you're thinking, Boy, the freshman's going to get out of it again. Uh, and then uh, Reams came through with a, a base hit to drive in a run and make it one nothing for Elginac. But Elmont responded right away. Um, Tyson got on with a hit. Sacrifice to second. Pass ball got her to third. Lacavera doubled down the left field line to make it a 1-1 game. And Tennant came up. And she said, wind, what wind? Hmm. An atomic bomb, Brady, that hit the scoreboard in center field. It was, and and this ball got out of there in two seconds. It Didn't was give it a chance for the wind to knock it down. No, it was that that noise that that tink you get off the bat when somebody gets one. Yeah, and it was tink bang, and all of a sudden it's a two run shot for Tennant, and it's three to one. Algonac came right back in the fifth with a run to make it uh, three to two. Stevenson was up with the bases loaded and one out, and she hit a, a ground ball. They tried for the double play and didn't get it. Stevenson is just too fast, so they went short to second for one. They turned it, but again, Stevenson's passed the bag in You're a flash. Not, yeah, it's so hard to turn a double play in softball. So it's three two, and then Vossler hit a fairly deep fly ball that again. Uh, it wasn't going anywhere in that win, so they get out of that. And they came back in the bottom of the inning, and this is something you don't do against Elginac very often. Score a run without getting a hit. They got a walk, a stolen base, and two wild pitches wow. to go up 4-2. to two. So, and, and at that point, things settled down for the, the, the sixth inning. Now it's the top of the seventh. And you've got the, the freshman is in there, Abby Gemmel, trying to get a complete game win at Algonac. Strikes out the first hitter of the inning, gets a ground ball for the second out of the inning, but now the lineup rolls over. Now it's Bomarito, and she hits a bomb, a double that lands on the warning track that, again, probably a home run on a normal day. Then she hits Bree Thomason with two strikes on her. That always hurts. So now that's you, always a tough spot. So now you've got the tying runs on base, but Ella Stevenson's coming up. So you're thinking you've got the winning run at yes. the plate because that's what Ella does. And on a three-two pitch with two on and two out in the top of the seventh against maybe the best hitter in the area, maybe one of the best hitters say, in the I don't state. Know if anyone in the area we cover, if you would pick anyone else to be up in that spot rather than her yeah uh, um and like michigan wants ella stevenson okay this is how good oh, this she's committed to her. yeah this this is how how good this girl is and um gemmel struck her out threw the fastball right by her <laughs> ended the game and elmont got the uh the split with a 4-2 uh victory uh and it, it just ended a great doubleheader gemmel goes seven Two runs, scatters eight hits, walks one, and strikes out eight. Okay, that's you've navigated a really tough lineup 
and that's a pretty good line against them. And uh, Kylie Tennant with a home run and uh, two RBIs. Again, two freshmen help you win a huge game after you get walked off in game one. And everybody knows what's at stake yeah. here. Like you know, Rich, Richmond's part of the mix too, and North Branch might end up being part of the the mix. But this was a huge doubleheader, and these teams knew it. I don't want to say that it was house money for Algonac after taking Game One, especially coming from behind. But it's the pressure's off because if you lose, yeah, okay, you don't control your own destiny. Richmond only has one loss. But you've gotten the big one. You're not getting swept. You're going to be in it no matter what. And Elmont's playing with the back against the wall. Because if you drop a third game, you have, have, or a second game, sorry, you have to sweep Richmond. And you have to, uh, I mean, basically play perfect the rest of the way. So that's a huge win for Elmont and a nice moment for a young player in Abby Gemmel to get that win to not only get the win, but strike out probably the most feared hitter in the area to do so as well. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm going to be honest with everybody out there, and I got friends at Elmont. Yeah, and and I don't think they'll look look uh, sideways at me when Ellis Stevenson stepped to the plate. I thought Alcanac was going to take the lead, like or at least not, tie not it. necessarily sweep because Elmont would have had at bat in the bottom of the seventh. Um, but I I, I just thought. This is what Ella Stevenson does. Wind or not, she's going to hit a, a bomb somewhere. She She's going to school the freshman, and it was the other way around. Well, and especially what Richmond did to cross Lex, uh, yeah, they needed that win because Richmond in two games against cross Lex won 16 to nothing and 11 to nothing. They dominated the Pioneers' uh, move in BWAC played a 5-1. and one. In game one, Richmond's Piper Clark had two hits, three RBIs. Ashley Stafford, two hits, walked twice, scored twice. Abby Reinhardt, two hits, two RBIs. Katie Shoeboy on the mound only had to throw three innings, but only gave up one hit in Kate's seven in three innings. Riley Robertson had the lone hit for Croslex, which was a triple, by the way, but that was the only hit Croslex could muster. Yeah, and I know it's softball, and a lot of times girls will pitch doubleheaders anyways, but when you only have to throw three innings in game one, you know that's who you're getting in game two. Yeah, and 11 nothing was the final. Uh, yeah, Croslex didn't face much better of a fate. Catherine Krastowski had a hit and three RBIs for Richmond. Lauren Creon hit a home run, had three RBIs. She's a bat that's really swinging it well right yeah. now. Ashley Stafford, a hit, a walk, and an RBI. So a 27 to nothing combined doubleheader sweep of Cross Lex. And, well, it wasn't foreshadowing for the next day. But before we get to that, the last softball doubleheader on Wednesday, Marysville won two against Northern, thirteen to two and eighteen to three. Here, just gonna read off the names because there's a lot of them yeah. for Marysville. Brandy Bassett, two hits, a double, two RBIs, a walk, two runs scored. Avery Walters, two hits, a triple, an RBI, two runs scored. Caitlin Kane, two RBIs. Anna Oles, two hits, a home run, an RBI, two runs scored. Megan Winston, three hits, a home run. Three RBIs, two runs scored. Brooklyn Evans, a double, two RBIs, a run scored. Megan Lenarski, five innings pitched, 
three hits, two runs, walked two, K'd 10. Marissa Ramo hit her first home run of her career against Marysville in the loss. That was game one, 13-2, and the 18-3 game wasn't much different. Brandy Bassett, three hits, two doubles, an RBI run scored. Ryan Quain, four hits, a home run, three RBIs, four runs scored. Megan Winston, three hits, including two more doubles, RBI, two runs scored. Callista Nagan, a double, two RBIs, run scored. Lexi Perrin, two hits, a double, three RBIs, a run scored. Jade Schiller with a home run, three RBIs, a run scored. And for Northern, Becca Larson had a double and an RBI, and Kira Romzik had two hits and an RBI. But Marysville took it to their rival in Northern in two games. And and you're thinking this is exactly what they needed to kind of get things uh, going for them. Um, And uh, then they have a a big league game on uh, Thursday against a team they beat the first time around. And I was at that game. That was a game uh, that was the first game of the season. And Marysville looked terrific for five innings and then kind of limped to the finish line in that game. Yesterday, they fall 6-5 to Lakeville in the uh, rematch. Lakeview. In spite of getting a grand slam from Caitlin Kane. And this was a game Marysville was winning in the seventh. They went into the bottom of the seventh, up 5-4, to four, and Lakeview rallied. And this loss basically takes them out of league contention. They're only 2-3, and three, but the Mac White's tough. And I don't know if you're going to run the table in the Mac White or if a team's going to end up losing more than three games. Yeah. So your best hope is if you're perfect, you might get a share. All right. Yesterday, I was at PH. They had a rough day against Frazier. Lost 15 to Frazier can hit. They had 16 hits uh, in the uh, game. Uh, and uh, their uh, pitcher, uh, Olivia DeBetz, struck out 10 um, big reds. PH only had four hits in the game, and three of them came in the last inning when they scored their uh, two runs. Um, but they sent 10 to the plate in the first inning, scored uh, four runs. The top of their lineup is Murderer's Row. Um, leadoff hitter, three hits. Number two hitter, two hits. Third hitter, three hits. Fourth hitter, two hits. Fifth hitter had two hits, and her replacement had a hit. Yeah. So the, they did a lot of hitting at the top of the uh, order. Julia Gilbert led off the game with a double. She added a single later on and scored a run, and J.C. Mosier had a hit and an RBI for PH, but uh, they struggle. You were at Northern. Yeah, and this was a weird game for Northern. They had ebbs and flows. Abby Lanshoop started off for for Port here on Northern in the first inning. She gave up a double and a home run, and you're going, uh-oh, Cousineau's going to put it on him because Cousineau can hit, but they settled down. In the second, she got him one, two, three. Northern scored a run in the first and two in the second to make it three to two Northern leads. And in the fourth, or yeah, in the top of the third, rather, first batter, strikeout. Second batter, pop out. And you're going, all right, Northern is rolling. Landshut's getting in a groove. And then a solo shot by Warren Cousineau to tie it. And the Big moment was Taylor Carraway, a really good hitter. She's going to Oakland for from Cousineau. Pops up, drops in the infield, error scores. Doors kind of come off. Three more runs come in to score. It's 6-2, and 
Cusno never looked back. However, um, the bigger moments for Northern, they loaded the bases in the sixth inning, and after they were loaded, didn't score a run, and they loaded the bases in the seventh after scoring one more run to bring it within four. So the tying run came to the plate and left the bases loaded. The Huskies left 12 runners on base in the loss, and they're a young team figuring it out. They just need to find a way to get that big hit, but they drop another one, and that was a game that you make a couple more plays defensively, and you get one or two big hits, and you win that game somewhat comfortably. Well, that's the thing that I've noticed about Northern and PH. And again, these are two young teams. They haven't figured out how to um, play over mistakes. When when they get mistakes, they turn it into the worst possible thing that a mistake can do to you. You know, the good teams will make a mistake and then make up for it by making the next play. Or if I make an error in the field, when I get up, I do something at the plate to make up for it. Young teams don't always know how to do that. Right, and that's what that's what hurt them. Faith Wilson actually did a nice job, came in in relief of Abby Landshut, gave up just two earned runs. But, uh, yeah, Northern's learning how to win as a young team, but they, uh, they dropped it 10-6 to Warren Cousineau. Team that's learned how to win and doing a lot of it marine city a 10 to 2 win over gross point south they're firmly in that mac blue race half game back of frazier yeah and and they are they seem to be peaking brady they they seem to be peaking and, and they've got some quality wins on their resume too um uh, and this is again kind of a young team but they were younger last year, and these girls are back with that experience. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're playing some really good ball right now. Yes, they are. How about a team playing good ball? So, Algonac splits the doubleheader with Almont. They bounce back, and they get no hit by Dakota. <laughs> the caveat is they won the game. <laughs> Think about that. Dakota no hits Algonac. And Algonac wins it one to nothing. In the top of the first, they got runners on first and third with a, I believe, a hit by pitch and an error. Got them on first and third. Runner from first went to second. And coming from third, Bree Thomason scores on, threw down to second, tried to get the runner out. She scores from third. That was the only run of the game. And Kenna Bomarito on the mound, seven innings pitch, gives up two hits, doesn't walk any, strikes out three. And the Muskrats beat Dakota, who's a top five team in Division One, without getting a hit. Kenna Bomarito, two hits, that lineup. Yeah. That's almost as impressive as somebody throwing a no-hitter. So, the takeaways from this is this is another BWAC team. Just split with another team. Just fierce, blood-cutting battles between the BWAC, and then they go out of league, and they beat another top team in the state. Richmond beat Owasso. Algonac beats Dakota. Richmond has a couple games with USA coming up. These teams are beating good teams out of conference. I think Almont hadn't lost, or their only loss was to who? Allen Park? Yeah. So Mount's only loss was to Allen Park. And remember, Richmond played Dakota extra innings yes, in a two to one ball yeah, game. Yeah, and lost two to one. Yep. 
So, folks, the BWAC's really good, and this is just another stamp. I know you get no hit, but you find a way to win, and Ken Abomarito with one of the performances of the year. That is a heck of a job by Algonac, um, proving why they're as good as they are. Now, Wednesday, Elmont leaves on a high note, and Croslex leaves on just about as sour note as you can, getting mercy twice by Richmond. So we see Croslex Almont coming up in a doubleheader. And Dennis, you and I both kind of went, all right, Almont's going to bounce back. They're going to get to a sweep. And it's Croslex might not play seven innings. Not only did they play seven innings, the Pioneers upset Almont six to four in game one. Yeah, this completely caught me off guard. Congratulations to Croslex. This is a quality win for that uh, team. Hey, we know that when they hit, they actually, this season, they hit for power. This is a team that played small ball last year um, in all the games that I saw them, and I saw them like six times. Yeah. And and they just played small ball. They're hitting the ball out of the ballpark right now, and this was just a huge, unexpected win. When you read the score, I said, come on, really? Yeah, Riley Robertson on the mound, seven innings pitch, scattered 10 hits, gave up all four earned. But here's the big thing. Only walked one, and the Pioneers made just one error. They struck out four. And at the plate, Jaden Gumtow, two home runs, five RBIs. Shelby Oliver, a home run and an RBI. That was all they needed. Almont, despite the efforts of Brooklyn Bunch, who had three hits and a double, and Grace Koenig, who tripled and walked. Devin Johnston had two hits, a double, and two RBIs. Cross Lex throws a big old wrench in the BWAC standings, knocking off Almont. Almont was upset and then won game two, 10 nothing, which was kind of what I think a lot of people were expecting. Grace Koenig had two doubles. Devin Johnston had three hits, a triple, and a walk. Kendall Roshesky, two a hit and two RBIs. Izzy Tyson, two hits, two RBIs. And Ellie Chapman had two doubles and two RBIs as well. But... The big ones, obviously, Croslex upsetting because now that gives Almont a second loss in league play. Yeah, now they almost have to go and sweep Richmond. They do. Yeah. That You can't split with Richmond. Or you need someone to jump up and bite Richmond that you weren't expecting. You need them to be upset. Because we talked about the BWAC baseball race. The BWAC softball race has four teams firmly in it. North Branch finally played their 2-0. and We'll give you that score real quick. Um, they beat Armada 4-1. to Alana Deshetsky, three hits, a double, seven innings pitched on the mound, gave up just three hits, struck out 11. Natasha Bickle, a hit and an RBI in the win. Darren McKenzie had a double for Armada, but North Branch wins it 4-1, and then the back end of the doubleheader, 4-3. They win that one in eight innings. So Armada gives North Branch all they can handle, but the Broncos come away with two wins. Natasha Bickle, two more hits, a run scored. Catherine Welch, a double and an RBI. Courtney Ludisher, a double for Armada. Haley Schramm, a double and two RBIs. Ellie Couch, two hits. And Kendall Schlotta has a double in the loss. So North Branch is 2-0 in BWAC play. Richmond's 5-1, Algonac 6-2, and and Almont's 4-2. Theoretically, North Branch controls their own destiny, but if I was a betting man, they're not sweeping Richmond, Algonac, and Almont in succession. Not likely. Or in whatever order they play. Richmond, if they do, they're really, 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 really good. Yes. 
Richmond still has to play Almont and North Branch. So not all is lost for the Raiders, but they have no room for error. They need to sweep Richmond and North Branch if they want a chance at a title. Yeah, and then and they need help from North Branch, which is really tough for the folks in Almont to root for North Branch. Yes. So <laughs> how are uh, yeah, how is this conference going to play out in both baseball and softball? I don't know, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be crazy fun. All right, take a break, and then we'll be back with our uh, final segment today on the show. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
the YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Um, as we come back here, and we're going to actually go back to baseball, but we'll give a little love to Ella Stevenson. She's in the Detroit News. There's an article about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, we're not... We're not the only ones that notice her. We were just the first ones to notice her, so we'll take credit <laughs> for that. We were talking about Ella Stevenson before it was cool. Yeah, we were talking about her last year before the season started. I got the really good intel that that, that keep an eye on Ella Stevenson at Algonac. She'll be the best player in the area, and for a change, somebody told me something that was good info. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of teams getting love from around the state, in the newest baseball coaches poll association rankings, three of the four divisions have teams from our area listed in them, which is nice to see. Again, baseball and softball, for whatever reason, is the sport that seems like this area gets the most love with. I don't know why. Maybe it's because St. Clair and Richmond had been there and Richmond softball and now Marysville softball, but... In the spring, Blue Water area seems to get pretty fair love in coaches' poll rankings. So do you want me to start big and go small or start small and go big? Uh, you got them in front of you, so read them in the order you got them. All right. Oh, well, they're all on one page. So um, <laughs> I'll start with Division Four. Um, at number eight, Marlette is stuck squarely between Maple City, De- Glen Lake, good Lord, and, De- <laughs> and Decatur. So Marlette, number eight in Division Four. Again, you make a semifinal. You're going to have a little bit of clout that even if you don't have the best record or you're not even maybe living up to expectations, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. And that's why Cardinal Mooney's all the way up at number three. Royal Oak Shrine's number one in D4. And they showed why they're 15-2. and two, And two of those wins were not just wins, dominant wins over Cardinal Mooney. 
Yeah, so now you, you look back at that and you go, okay, because at the time we're like, that's kind of an upset, don't you think? Or or like that's not what we expected, but now you're looking at it going, okay, Shrine's legit. And that's a team I don't know where they would meet in the playoffs. Um, I can check real quick, but that's a team that was in D3 last year because that's who Richmond beat in what, the regional semifinal? Yep. So, uh, Cardinal Mooney, again, I don't know of all the districts line up like normal. It's not like, not how it should be, but uh, Mooney is in District 125 and Shrine is in District 123, which seems to imply to me that they would probably meet in a regional, yeah. if not at latest a quarterfinal. So, that could be a state championship quality game. In a quarterfinal or a regional. Yeah, Uh, and uh, you mentioned them last year. They played Richmond, and uh, they threw their ace at Richmond, and Richmond made that ballpark at Oakland Christian, I think it was, look really small. Well, Royal Oak Shrine will get get to Mooney if they can get past the dominant power known as Detroit Davis Aerospace. So that'll be a tough one. um, Yes, it will. Um, That's a team in their district. Aerospace might have have a couple of, uh, like, players on their roster. Maybe I'm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't Division know. three, we don't have Richmond in there anymore, who was usually our mainstay, but we still have a team in there. Coming in at number fourteen, the Muskrats of Algonac, getting a little love. We mentioned how they're one of the hottest teams in the area, and making it inside the top twenty from the coaches' poll. They're they're playing some really good baseball right now. They're eleven and six, I believe. Four of those losses came in their first six or seven games. So they are playing much better baseball now. And I think that's a fair spot at number 14. You know, and here's the other thing, though. that they, They've kind of branched out, and they're going outside the area to play some of their non-league games. Mm-hmm. And people take note. And I'm telling you, if you play against them or you watch them play somebody and you see Josh Kasner pitch, it'll open your eyes. They are at 14, The only, really one of the only few teams in Division Three. a team that's tangently related. Bad Axe is number nine. They're nine and one. They're up in the thumb, so they're getting a little bit of love as well. Now, D2 is the third and final known in D1, by the way. Orchard Lake St. Mary's surprisingly number one in D1. Oh, how does um, that happen? Yeah, I know. Um, Liggett, number one in D3, if you were curious. Shocker. Um, so, D2. St. Clair and Richmond both find their way into the poll. And I will tell you, they are right next to each other in the coaches' poll. Okay. But who, one is who got top 14, billing? One is number 15. Dennis, who do you think the coaches' poll put ahead St. Clair or Richmond? Well, you know, Richmond got to the semifinal, so I'm going to say Richmond gets the the one peg nod. Coaches pull love St. Clair. Really? St. Clair number 14, 12-2 at the time that it was voted on. Richmond 12-5, they're number 15. Those two sandwiched in between Flint Powers and Zealand East. So, and a lot of the teams um, in the poll kind of away from here uh goodrich is close by they're number 11 they're 15 and 0 freeland's nine and one 
Uh, Essexville Garbers, 10 and 2, they're number 6. Country Days, number 3. And Forest Hills Eastern, number 1 at 14 and 0. So that's number 1 in Division 2. But St. Clair and Richmond getting some recognition. And Richmond obviously moved up. And St. Clair, a team that didn't win a, a, dish, a playoff game last year, in the in the top 20, and I think for good reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I'm not going to split hairs. I don't know anything about the 13 teams in front of them. 14 and 15 is good rankings, uh, and these are two good teams that around this area right now, to me, if we did a poll – uh, again, it would be tough. One would be number one, and one would be number two in my poll, and it would be tough to decide which is which. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that this could possibly be a pre-district Tuesday matchup makes my stomach curl a little bit. Yeah, I know. You you hate that the way I hate flip flop and double headers. <laughs> I was going to say the way you hate the the. Playing the regional semifinal, the, not the same day you play the regional. Oh, final. I do hate that too. That is just. Why not just dumb. have the regional final on like a Thursday or Friday, and then play the quarterfinal the next Monday, so that even if you throw your ace a hundred and five pitches, he's ready by Friday or Saturday when you. Uh, okay, so you you play double headers all season long, and at a, a regional, you're going to get time off between games if you play the first game yeah you know so why not just play a re- why can't you play a regional on, on a weekday it it's the summertime do, anyways it has to do start the, the games a little earlier and i it, i don't know and getting but the, i mean so you you, you can pitchers. you can use your stuff play it on a oh, end the season on a friday play your uh, regional on a wednesday and then play your quarterfinal Saturday or Monday or Tuesday, whatever it takes so that you rest your arms, you're still going to get the season done in the same amount of time. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, those are who's ranked. Congratulations to those teams. Marlette and Mooney, 8-3 and three in Division 4, respectively. In Division 3, Algonac makes an appearance. They're 11-6. and six. They're number 14. Just They're just above North Muskegon, so... Pick, pick Algonac if they play North Muskegon. Okay. Um, and St. Clair, 14. Richmond, 15 in Division II. I'm sure that won't um, raise any eyebrows in those two towns. <laughs> now, now, now. Let's just be – let's just all get along for right now and, and, and be happy the that, first week of June. Yep, that, that we've got uh, two teams getting some uh, love and some recognition because we certainly don't – like you said, we certainly don't seem to get it in any of the other sports. Yes, but, yeah, nice to see teams ranked in three of the four. I I believe baseball and softball are the – I don't think basketball does a coach's poll. Do they? Because I know you'll get, like, the free per publications that do it, but I think baseball and softball are the only ones that have a coach's poll, unless I'm just completely blanking out, which I could be. Well, uh, I'm glad that they do. Football has 800 different. Yeah, there, there, there's too many rankings in football, and and who you want to go with or believe in the most. Right, you basically get to pick the rankings that says your team's the best. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, tonight, Brady uh, wraps up the uh, Port Huron High Port Huron Northern Baseball uh, Series from PH. Uh, and I'll go to Marine City. Marine City and Croslex play a non-league baseball game, and we'll get it all going at 4:30. All right, sounds good. Anything else? Have a great weekend.
From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.